Welcome to the Trash Compactor. I am Josh, and today I am joined by John. Hello. Russ. Hi. <laughs> James. Hello. And Murray. Oh, hello. And we are going to be discussing episode 17 of The Mandalorian. I mean, episode 5 of <laughs> The Book of Boba Fett. See what I did there? Let's start with overall impressions in no particular order. James, what did you think of episode 5? Oh, I mean, last week's episode, that was my favorite episode. This week was my my favorite episode, and I I saw the most amount of things I'd like to see Boba Fett do, and Boba Fett didn't do them, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yep. and, I, and I felt like guilty that I've, I'm, I'm enjoying the show and our main character didn't show up in it once, but, um, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything they did. Um, I didn't realize how much I loved uh, The Mandalorian until I saw him enter, like, the Old West cowboy we wanted, mm-hmm. and... Uh, he had no I mean, expression. He just had his visor. And I'm like, somebody's in trouble. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. somebody's in trouble. So I, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Russ, your overall thoughts? Yeah, I think the um, like the buzz online was like, the best episode of Book of Boba Fett. And he's not in it yet. That was the buzz. I, I think it's probably the worst episode of the, of the Book of Boba Fett, but the best episode of Star Wars <laughs> uh, TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like the structurally, like the worst episode because it's not really totally. It's like a non sequitur in like what they were trying to achieve, maybe in Book of Boba Fett. But as Star Wars TV goes, I think it was one of the best I've seen, and I really enjoyed it. And it reminded me how much I love uh, the Mandalorian, um, which is like the only new Star Wars that I like at this point. Um, and this is one of the best episodes of that show. I have it. I've been playing. I'm watching at the corner of my eye. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Um, no, I mean it is strange because this is sort of, and I'm sure we'll discuss this, but this is sort of like the season three premiere, right? Like a lot of big it, stuff yeah, happens like that I don't know how you could jump into season three of The Mandalorian without having seen this. Murray, your overall thoughts? I loved it as soon as it was. I as soon as I finished watching it, I texted Johnny. I was like, but we were like <laughs> not trying to say too much because we want to save it for today. But it was, um, I, I loved it. It was the same exact thing where I, when we're so far removed from Mandalorian that you're like, you're like, Oh, I, I did really like that. show. I kind of miss it. And then you like see his entrance and it's like something out of a Western or like justified. And you're just like, fuck, I miss, like, I love this show. Like it reminded me how much, but then it was also like, like really like maddening to me because it's just like them showing you like, Oh no, we had the potential to make TV this good for this whole series. We just didn't do it. Like, cause it's like nothing. It's the same everybody that's working on it. So it's just like, Oh, here's the potential that we could have had the whole time. And I think that it is, they don't know. They didn't fully know where they were going with, um, season three of Mandalorian. And so this is kind of like a safe way to pave the way of like giving him an actual mission, like uh, to accomplish an overall thing, which would, I assume would be getting to the Mm. underwater caves. But anyways, so yeah, I loved it. And also like semi hated it for those reasons, but I loved it. I have something to say about that, but first I want to give John a chance to share his overall thoughts on the episode. Yeah. I like everyone else. I, Loved it. I thought it was uh, my favorite episode of the show. But as 
uh, other people have hinted at and pointed out, it's not an episode of the show. It's an episode <laughs> of The Mandalorian. And we all agree here that we missed The Mandalorian so much that when it showed up, it's like, oh, fuck, I forgot how good that show was. <laughs> and so, but this, this, uh, this episode had all the things that you think Star Wars would have, like stars in space, you know? <laughs> and um, spaceships and uh, all these things. But, like, but on top of that, like it's shot well, the fighting is great, the character development is great. And it's not even just character development as in like the things that happen with him and the other Mandalorians, which is awesome. It's also like he goes on a commercial vessel on a trip <laughs> and like him trying to like bag his weapons shows his character. And it's like little <laughs> moments like that that I'm like, ah, oh, we need more of that in Boba yeah. Fett. So in a weird way, um, it's funny because I think I'm way more positive on the show than than Russ is. But in a <laughs> yes. weird way, I was actually thinking <laughs> I was actually thinking of a similar thing. I was like, this episode being so good points out what the show is not doing. And so um I just thought it was very interesting. I was like, this is a bold move. This is a very bold move for the show to do. And I have no idea how they're going to like bring the show back into Boba Fett and his thing. Because like, I, you know, I really enjoyed the Boba Fett show, but like his story is not as interesting as what happened in that Mandal- yeah. Mandalorian episode that we just watched. That's like, so I don't like, give a shit about So it's like, Boba I Fett. wonder, yeah. and also like, I, uh, I just wonder where they're going to go with there besides Pedro Pascal sticking around for the next couple episodes, but like, I don't know. It, it, you know what? The next couple episodes could be the best fucking shit ever. But <laughs> I just like, I was like, wow, like they, they really did a lot in this episode that they haven't done in a yeah. while. <laughs> That's basically like everything else said, everybody else said. Well, so my take, obviously I love the episode. I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. The only thing I'll say is that all of these episodes are written by John Favreau, right? So, so there's obviously a consistent creative voice. What this showed me was that while Mando displayed certain characteristics that we all assumed Boba Fett would have, and once upon a time he did have in the 90s expanded universe, it just went to show me the distinction between them. Like he knows that these are two very distinct and, and different characters and shows. Right. So mm-hmm. so for me, my only quibble, I think, with the attitudes that I'm reading online, it's not like this was a mistake or an accident, like they accidentally made a better show in this show. It's just that it really underscores the notion that this Boba Fett is not the old Fett. These are two different characters. So when you see the Mandalorian acting this way, it's not a mistake. It's not like they they fucked up this show. It's that this is a complete other thing. James, then Murray. Well, uh, I, I was just going to say, I mean, it's something we've talked about previously o- offline is, you know, that th- there are sort of like two different, two different Boba Fetts being written or, or, or in Star Wars now at this point, based upon the writing. And I mean, to quote like the great Len Wynn, at least I attribute to him, he, he, he said like, canon links your best writing to your worst writing. So <laughs> like now, now we have like, we have Boba Fett of the Empire original trilogy era and we have Boba here and just like any any like comic book storytelling when you're going to clean clean slate a character basically you you know your new creative team wants to do something new with it so we're 
I, I guess, you know, the, the Mandalorian is who we thought Boba Fett would be. But now since we don't know who this new Boba Fett is exactly, it's, it's, we don't know what to expect of him. And we love the Mandalorian and we thought the Mandalorian would be Boba Fett. Now we have to contend with, well, that's the Mandalorian. We don't know who this Boba Fett is. So I guess we're just waiting and seeing what, what happens with this new iteration of the character. Mm. Murray to John. So the like I I totally agree with what you what you said Josh and it's it's very true and one of the things that I actually really enjoyed about this episode was I started to get nervous that the the kind of flat bland like feel that I'm getting from Boba Fett that I've been saying no offense to Dean Kundi or anything like that but like it's um, I was scared that that was just like the new way they were going, almost like they got lazy because it's, you know, the even though it's the first season of Book of Boba Fett, it's like their third season of this kind of world. And I thought that they were just almost like phoning it in. And so it was a good like reminder of like what you were saying, like, no, they're two totally distinct characters and and all of that. But I think where it still gets me like – like so frustrated is because it wasn't it was the other stuff that made up the the episode that could have been in like Boba Fett like even like when when and we'll get to it in more detail but when there's the sh- the first shot like that top gun shot of him in the cockpit it was like so jarring because like there's like no cool shots in or cool camera work in the book of Boba Fett. It just seems like very like bland and phoned in. So it's just like, but so they could have been doing that the whole time. They're just like, I know that it's a desert. And so there's not going to be space and stars, but like they could have been doing stuff like this the whole time. So I'm glad that they kept the tones, overall tones and characters different, but it's like, you could still do like cool shit, like with your camera and, and editing and everything like that like that's kind of where it's still maddening for me because you're like oh why are you showing me that you're just literally choosing not to do any of this in boba well, that's Fett? interesting too because i think that comes down to the director and i think that that really says a lot about the talents of bryce dallas howard who directed this mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. and also robert rodriguez who directed um a All lot of flatland ones <laughs> <laughs> your words not mine yeah the, the um the last episodes uh she did i know that she did the seven samurai ripoff episode in the first season of the mandalorian that i think at the time was very poorly received and i think she got a lot of flack for that the one where uh, the, the one atsd yeah i love that was yeah. so creepy oh my god well, I like that episode i thought it was cool. yeah. yeah yeah i thought it was cool but i recall at the time a lot of people were like Russ, like you said to me at one point, like you were getting serious Xena, Hercules, <laughs> Warrior Princess vibes from this show. And like, that's an episode of Mando that has that sort of adventure of the week and like a cliched or uh, hackneyed, okay. yeah, I, uh, I, I you know, think... sort of a premise. And I think that was yeah. the first in a run of episodes. I think that was like the fourth episode of Mando or the third or something like that. And the first one that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard had directed. So I think a lot of the negative reaction really wasn't her mm. fault. So it was really nice to see the opposite sort of happen with this one where it's like clearly a fan favorite. It's 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 a by any measure. I think this is a fantastic episode, regardless of what you think of the rest of the series and whether or not it even belongs in this particular series. But so I thought I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I think she also did the the one where they introduced Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians. I think she did that one as well, too. But, yeah. Um, but 
you know, I, th- those episodes had some really awesome moments for men for Mando as a person, and I had really good visual things like with the lights and the ATSD mm-hmm. and stuff like no. that. But um, I think that's a great but, episode. I thought it was really well yeah. directed. I'm just saying that I think that that it it sure. sort of for a lot of people was sort of a bummer. Yeah, at the weird. time. But um, but my uh, what I was going to say before though is that I wonder why I'm always wondering why um filmmakers decide to do certain things, why they decide to concentrate on certain things, and this episode kind of brought that question to the forefront a little bit for me, where it's almost like, all right, Mando is the Boba Fett that we thought Boba Fett was going to be and Boba Fett is not. And it's like, okay, but why? And then mm-hmm. it's just like, so, so why would you uh, put a, a situation where it's like, Hey, you know how this really cool, like Mandalorian bounty hunter, that's going to be like really slick and awesome and all that. Like, yeah, you're going to have that, but it's not going to be Boba Fett. Boba Fett is going to be like this other dude that you have. That's totally different from that. And you're like, okay, but which is actually a really cool idea, but they still, I'm still waiting for that compelling hook. And I feel like the book of Boba Fett, as much as I'm enjoying it, as much as uh, they're doing interesting things with like making them uh, a person of the people and a liberator and all that, um, they still haven't found that hook i feel to like really grab my attention because i i honestly don't care if boba fett succeeds or not <laughs> uh, and i don't mean that in like a, <laughs> I, I i don't mean that in a way where it's like i think boba fett is a piece of shit or something like that or that the show sucks <laughs> it's just that like because i'm enjoying it i'm watching it vicariously but like i really do care if mando makes it and yeah, i and sure. with boba fett it's like I don't even care if he dies. And it's just like, I, it's just like, but because, because right now he's still not quite a full character, I feel. And um, as much as Tamora Morrison gives him gravitas and all that, it's like, I still, there's still something there that they haven't exposed yet. And I almost think that like, they might do a 180 by the end of the show and have him become like a real scumbag as like a twist just to throw people off because he's so just kind of indistinct, you know, in a weird way. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know where they're going. And it's like, in a way where it's like, I'm curious, but I'm also like, kind of don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Russ then Murray. Yeah. I think they got greedy, uh, with book of Boba Fett. Uh, when when we heard Mandalorian is coming out, I was like, all right, they're not going to make a Boba Fett show because they don't want to have to tiptoe around uh, the previous expanded universe, now Legacy. Uh, they want to make something that's all their own, that they can really craft and fit in however they want. Uh, and it did really well. And I don't think they were surprised, but I think it did better than expected even. Um, and I think they got greedy. Like, all right, so people like this Mandalorian. Well, we have this fan favorite Mandalorian we've totally ignored. Is he even a Mandalorian? We don't know. But we've ignored him. Let's just bring him back. Let's bring both. Let's have them both together. That's going to blow everyone's minds. I think they got greedy. And unfortunately, they had taken, like as John had mentioned, really all the attributes that we had previously thought would work better for Boba Fett, and they applied them to a new character. So really, they they, they stripped off everything that was cool about Boba Fett gave it to their new character, they left nothing for the original character. And some could say, oh, he wasn't a fleshed out character. I would disagree, even if it's in my head canon. Uh, and so now when they come to Book of Boba Fett, uh, they have nothing 
distinctly Boba Fett to really explore. They can't make him cool. He should have been a bounty hunter. Um, they do have to extract him from his previous uh, location, which was the, the digestive system of the Sarlacc pit. Uh, but they didn't have a plan, and they, to make us enjoy the show, you have to like the character. We like the Mandalorian, as you know, Johnny said. Like we we want to see him succeed. Uh, he has a, a paternal uh, nature to him. Uh, he's a friend of animals. They try to apply a lot of these things to Boba Fett. It just felt like we were getting um, a repeat leftover. Oh well, it worked once. We'll do it again. It's not working because it's not distinctly that. Like it's not distinctly separate or different. Um, so they got greedy. Um, and, and I would totally agree, um, with, uh, previously about the direction of the show, like this show, this episode also felt really, um, planned and specific, like the production quality on this episode alone, like blew my mind between the flashback sequence. You have, uh, probe droids, which are my personal favorite for reasons, mm-hmm. uh, and say so probe droids, uh, flying in the sky. Like there's like fire all over and there's the, what the, the K2SO robot, uh, from Rogue One, uh, like with their with their glowing eyes, kind of like an Iron Giant kind of looking thing, mm-hmm. and it's just like that. Th- that landscape alone was like the best thing I'd seen uh, in any of these shows. Like just like a beautiful, uh, a beautiful landscape. Like it looked good, and it's something we have not seen before. And it was kind of somewhat terrifying. It was kind of like a like a Terminator uh, future mm-hmm. flashback kind of. And uh, yeah, I definitely this- saw that. I was like, oh, it's a Terminator when they shot yeah. a shot of them just like shooting the dead bodies in the mm-hmm. fire. Using that. elements they have, using tie bombers, like they basically just like like just like 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 color forms, like sticking all the my favorite stuff up on the screen and looking really good. Like this is an exciting looking episode. And that's in just a flashback. I mean, it opens in a Western style. There's a sparring sequence. There's so many like disparate elements that like join together like really what we were talking last uh last podcast about all these all these different influences make up star wars and and what makes star wars great and this just seamlessly combined all those different genres and styles there's a cinema verite very like killing of a chinese bookie uh you know mando (laughs) mando walking through like trying to find this location like yeah yeah there were like long shots and I was is just it thinking most, like, is it mostly like one shot too? He's just walking through the city and the lights yeah, changing the, on him and all that. It's just like, it's giving us time. It's, it's, it's patient. It's taking us time. It's letting us respond to what we're seeing. We're following, we're living with the character. Uh, it's delicate and it's, it takes us time and it's just, how could you not love this character and be, you're with the character, you're following with this character. He's limping. You're like, Oh my, like he needs to do something. He, he needs like mm. some, <laughs> like a uh, back to spray or something on his leg. Like what, what, what's going on? And so, yeah, I just, it's just, it's such a departure. Uh, we could, I guess we talk more later about uh, how it doesn't really fit the show, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll uh, I digress for now. Murray. Well, it's like on that same like idea, it really, Besides the them actually using like a world and environment, like a cityscape and a weird looking city that's like almost like a space station circular thing and it has the Western feel and the mundane, like, oh, this world has a butcher, like an actual butcher shop. And but there is something to be said about we we care about the Mandalorian character because even though he finds um Grogu in the end of the first episode. He still has like a complete arc. It's not like he finds, you know, Grogu and then all of a sudden he's a paternal, like he's like struggling with it, right? Like he is still like, cause he, he is a 
a, a guy that doesn't seem to care if things go violent. He like, it doesn't matter to him. Like he, in the beginning of this episode, it was literally the same to him. However, he's just getting his money. And, but you get, you, we watched him be more like, it's like so cold hearted and businesslike. And then he kind of grows and he cares, even if it's about this one child, but then it's like, he's like almost struggling. It kind of, um, has that Western feel where it's like maybe like the man with no name and you think he's going to leave town, but then he is still compelled somehow to do good and come back and save everybody. That's what we liked about Han Solo, right? In a new hope. And so they have like this like depth to it. But then with Boba Fett, like he emerges from the Sarlacc pit and I've been saying this and I'll say it like till the, till the end is like, he emerges a, the character that you see, like we don't see why he went from no disintegration to like what change happened to him. It, like, cause it didn't happen through meeting the Tuscan Raiders because he was already changed by the time he came out of, out of the pit. And so I think that that's what's going on. So when you're seeing Mando limping, you actually care that he's hurt. Like you can't like Boba Fett, like could get like his arm ripped off by uh Nubaka and you just be like, Oh, that was kind of cool. Like you wouldn't like, <laughs> like give a shit, but like with him, you're like, Oh, his legs hurting. I hope he can't keep go. Oh, that's a big ladder for him to climb down with the hurt leg. Like you actually like care. And when he gets like knocked off and like for a second, I guess I'm like, Oh wait, he's got a jetpack. Never mind. Like, you know, it's just like, so many cool things. And I, the last thing on this, I just, the thing that made me laugh is the description. I don't know if anyone caught it. It was like, uh, an unexpected ally, like helps out and like, Oh, you mean the, the person we ex- like explicitly expected since the last episode, like the <laughs> yeah. one that with the musical cue, that was the unexpected, uh, ally that we, that we have. But yeah. So that's, that's my ramble, <laughs> John. And then I have a couple of points I want to uh, respond to that you guys. Sure. Said. Well, I don't have anything really big. It's more of like a question, but I, I, I kind of feel like perhaps with Boba Fett, they're trying to do like a reverse Michael Corleone type of thing, where it's like uh, he goes from bad to good, and but he's still somehow in charge of the Empire. Not breaking bad, but like breaking good. Breaking know? good. Yeah. Um, breaking good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's their their motto. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so that being said, like since most of us now, maybe uh, maybe Josh has a bit of a different opinion, but I think since most of us seem to be talking about like, well, what is it about Boba Fett that uh, I don't know seems to be missing? That I feel like that maybe that's a question I want to ask everybody. It's like, what do you think they need to show that um, that we haven't seen that hasn't connected us to him like the way that we connect to Mando? But uh, but if Josh, you want to get to your points before you answer that, go ahead. I mean, that's, that's just like a question I'm putting up to everybody. What a quandary as a host. I want to <laughs> I, I want to facil- <laughs> I want to facilitate this discussion, but I have opinions. Um, uh, Russ, uh, go ahead. Oh sure. To answer John's uh, question, um, there's nothing they can do for me to recover like the Boba Fett character. <laughs> That's a sack of shit. He's worse than polio, I swear. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. Like, we we talked last episode uh, where, like, I had a very distinct opinion of, like, what I thought that character was or, you know, what they could have done differently, you know, leave him in the the Sarlacc pit and have him flash back to past adventures and bounties that would then later come back to affect him in his new show. Also, leave your helmet on, Judge Dredd principle, don't take your helmet off. That's your character. That's your face. Like, there's a lot of things they did wrong that they really... Uh, they can't 
uh, un- they can't rewind and and well, fix. Like again, this- though, that that whole thing with the helmet off is Attack of the Clones. It's I mean, it's all Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars. But he wears his helmet all th- like in in the original trilogy. Uh, that's who he is now. Like like he's a victim of trauma. Whatever is my opinion of like seeing his father beheaded. Uh, and so he's taken this face and he always like I am this. I am this person. Like this is me. I am the armor. He would never take his armor off. Even he's like out of the back to tank. Like armor back on. He's not wearing a robe to go check on people. I don't. Well, really he know got about he, that. I mean, no, yeah, because like he. he 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 lost it and, and and like had to forge a new identity without it. Like a question that I want to ask you, Russ. And again, I know that it's hard because we have our head cannons and we have our own thoughts and stuff. But seeing as how Mando or Din Djar, whatever you want to call him, seeing as how he's he's basically the character we all thought Boba Fett was. I like him. <laughs> no, I know, but like. I mean, we basically have that character. It's just it's just somebody else. So, like, why all the hand wringing over the Not other direction? That being Boba? Yeah. Well, I, I just had a curiosity. Like, the, like, I don't. Oh, sure. Like, I when the Mandalorian came out, I was like, all right, just don't bring Boba Fett back then because you you've done it. Like, you can't like you can't bring back this character. Like, you could even leave him dead. Like, that would be the opposite of the legacy uh, books and <laughs> and later. Like, leave him dead. Don't bring him back. Because you've decided you want to go in a different direction. Um, I, I'm just, I don't, it's not a, the Boba Fett I wanted. I don't, and I haven't established an emotional connection. It really comes back to what John was saying, like, uh, and Murray as well. Like, we we care about what happens to the Mandalorian. We care about his small injuries. We care about him finding uh, or reconnecting with uh, with uh, little Gogu. Uh, Go- I don't even know, Baby Yoda. Um Grogu, yeah, I've never actually Goku. said it out loud. <laughs> I've never said it out loud. I just called him Baby Yoda. I was like, well, I'm never going to call him whatever whatever his real name is. Um, yeah, we like. There's. I don't like this Boba Fett. I don't feel anything for him, and I really wanted to. And they need to do the character building. They did it with a character we'd never met before. And by the end of the first episode, I actually care what he's thinking, what he's doing, even just like the way his voice comes through in the helmet. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like on every word. I'm like body motion. Like I, he's doing more with a helmet on than Tamura is doing without one. And I think Tamura's doing an amazing job for what he's given. I think he's an amazing actor. I just don't like that portrayal of the character. I don't know if there's, there's much more to say. It just, he's not interesting to me. <laughs> To answer John's question, and then Murray, I'll throw to you, but I feel like I got everything I needed to care about this version of Boba Fett from the second episode, what he does for the Tuscans. I like this guy. I would follow him as a leader. I like him. Hmm. Murray. It's a, like, I don't really have an answer for John's question because I don't think that the show knows who the character is either. Like, I think they're just going like, I don't know. It's not, they're just like, they, I don't. I think that they're trying to find him, almost like while filming. It's like, no, you should have found him in like the editing of the writing of the the series, and and not this because there's like, I think part of it comes down to also the the show. I don't. I really wish I had a better way of explaining it, but it's just like very flat feeling. Like it didn't. It seems like almost like like soundstage, like uh, like the fight scenes kind of seem like um like stage fighting, like it just seems it doesn't, it's not like encapsulating you. And so like the, where it comes to, to Boba Fett in the second episode, and this is a point that John pointed out that stuck to me the most is like when his first instinct is to apologize 
for the the lizard going like up his nose like he's not mad he's not anything and i think that's awesome and you could build an awesome character off of that but explain like more than like give me more than that little thing and then never revisit it again because like in the second episode of mandalorian that's when we had it was kind of the lone wolf and cub like for real and just like the little moments the cutaway moments of him panicking to keep the carriage away from whoever uh, it was like an animal was attacking them. Right. Or like making sure to, to close it. Like even those little things that may endear you to Mando and you kind of are getting, Oh, he's really getting more and more attached to this child more than just a bounty. Like, I don't see even those, the filming of like those kind of like cutaway scenes of like, that express care for a character like in Boba Fett. Like I don't, and in the show, not, not the, the character, like it just doesn't seem like they're giving it that much level of detail. It's almost like everything's like a medium shot and everything's just like flat. There's like no depth. I don't, I, I wish I could explain it more, but that's just why I think I'm having a hard time connecting with him because even in the lizard scene, like that was in a cool, like it's like, atmosphere right it was like in this like kind of ceremony it was like dark there was like fire going it's like it was there's like texture to the whole atmosphere and scene and then i don't know if that's why what made me connect to him more in that scene where everything else is like oh here's bland beige desert and he's kind of like shot medium and you can't get any nuance from his acting like i don't know i just don't think the show knows what it's doing just like i don't know how to get out of this Topic. Perhaps it's well, one of those things where those <laughs> where those episodes that you're talking about feel much more of like a TV and TV's limitations compared to what a lot of Mandalorian does and what this episode yes. does, which is like they really? try to push it to the brink of what TV can do. So it's almost like cinema yes. on the small screen. And the episodes that you're talking That's about, perfect. Yeah. I feel like it's like they're not trying to push it to the brink that they can do. They're just getting they're just getting the shot. They're just yeah, getting it yeah. done. They're doing it but, on like a TV budget, not the doing, Disney movie it seems, budget. It seems more like TV instead of like cinema and, yeah. and Star Wars 100%, is, the, yes. is the movie that changed cinema. So our expectations subconsciously are, are of like That's a much probably higher, it, exactly. higher bar. That's probably, yeah. You're I see Russ enthusiastically yeah. <laughs> going up and down. Yeah. John got it. I think that's a really good point, but just to explain a little bit of where I'm coming from, like I'm someone who genuinely loves 70s BBC Doctor Who, right? So I'm (laughs) of the opinion that TV should embrace what it is and not try to be cinema. Sure. Because it is its own thing. Now, that's not to say that means you should like this show or that the show is even what it should or could be. But I just wanted to point that out, that I don't think that film, movies, whatever you want to call it, is inherently of more value than what I would consider a TV format or style. And obviously, I know that the line between the two is increasingly blurred now more than ever. James, go ahead. Yeah, I I was, I mean, just to answer John's question, I I think what maybe what we needed for Boba Fett to be Boba Fett is if, if Disney was, you know, they probably wouldn't do this, but what they didn't want to do this is like, he should have been a bad guy. Like we would have had a show about a bad guy and he could have started off bad. And then he would have had a revelation maybe with the Tuscan Raiders. And then we would have seen the mm-hmm. transformation happen. But oh, the first yeah. episode yes, would have been, that's good. Would have been him like killing Jawas for touching his armor and then, <laughs> or, or trying to kill Jawas and assaulting Tuscan Raiders. And then you're like, Whoa, okay. These guys are taking me in. whatever. It's in some evolution of that, but he would have been a bad guy for the first few episodes until he was not a bad guy until he were learned sensitivity and to care about, people and to like realize maybe bounty hunting you know he has this moral revelation what it is and then we could go on this journey where 
he does the reverse Michael Corleone, you know, like, mm, you know, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Sign but, me up for that show. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, and the other thing I was like, like noticing just to like kind of go of your, of your point, John and, um, and, and Murray about, you know, the breaking good and the, and the reverse Godfather, you know, we have now the Mandalorian, which we have two characters. We have Boba Fett, who's trying to get power, and we have the Mandalorian, who has the power. He's the he's basically Aragorn right now. He has the sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't and want that's it. Interesting. He doesn't want yeah. power. Yep. So yeah. you have like you have these two yeah. different guys who are, and Boba Fett's working really hard to get power. That's not coming easy. And Mando just has to be himself, and he has the entire kingdom of Mandalore. So um, yeah. I don't and know where they're going to go. With- He's struggling with that too, right? Well, That's why he can't use the saber that well because he's right. like, trying yeah. to – he can't let go type uh. And That's and, interesting. And James, because it's interesting. That's a fantastic point you just made. And when I was watching the show and they were talking about the dark saber, I was actually thinking to myself like I wonder if it's going to get to a point where like if Boba becomes such a good leader that – they think that maybe like this clone who everyone thinks is like a thing, who's Boba Fett, somehow inherits the Darksaber and rebuilds Mandalore. And I was just like, is that going to become a confrontation between him and Mando? Because like you were kind of bringing up, this guy wants power and the other guy doesn't. And as yeah. we usually know, the people who don't want to be leaders tend to be the best leaders. <laughs> you, know? <Yeah. laughs> you know, like they tend to be the ones with the most noble intentions, you know? Uh, so I don't know. I think that's a really good potential for Boba versus Mando sort of clash mm. that maybe they will get into. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Russ then Murray. Yeah. Uh, mentioning a uh, Lord of the Rings reference with Aragorn. Um, another, uh, kind of Lord of the Rings reference in my opinion is, uh, the best car that was melted down was made into what I believe is going to be a chainmail shirt. So kind of like the mythical sil- silver the same shirt. Thing. Me and Jay yeah, were yeah. the same thing off Yeah. Line. yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. Total, total Lord of- on the floor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Total, total mythical silver shirt to protect, uh, young, young Grogu, uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, yeah, there's definitely some like Lord of the Rings, uh, Nis to it, and I, and I love it. And I think that's good. And of course, wrapped up in a little pouch that, of course, looks like you know roughly his head mm-hmm. and ears. Yeah, uh, that's cute. That's mm-hmm. cute. But like even that, like something simple like that, like goes like it just strikes back to the emotion that you've already established with the character. I'm like, they can do no wrong here. It's just like, and it's, it's really, it's a really well directed episode. I just it really blew me away, and especially even like visually, like like the tone and style of it. Uh, I don't know if anyone really. Um, like it goes through a whole bunch of different visual styles. And mm-hmm. I, I just thinking like, like there's so much, I don't know if there's more production value um, coming out of like the different locations, but I have that Tatooine fatigue. And here we're on this mm-hmm. like circular uh, space station where they're hanging off the edge where if you fall, you're going out into space. Um, it's, <laughs> it's really like some fresh star Wars. Like we haven't seen locations like this and that's just yeah. adding to the benefit. Like granted, just go back to Tatooine later. Uh, to what amounts to like one of the best, like uh, we got to win this race spaceship building um, <laughs> situation. Like, no, like, that's you know, pod sp- racing, like sports training was montage. There, like, yeah, there, I, was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I had no problem with that. And I was shocked Me either. I was like, I like this. Why? Why am I okay I with it? it. Like, what is it's, this feeling? I mean, liking this line, this bad line from the Phantom Menace in a different context. <laughs> but, but I, but I guess to jump in real quick, and I don't know, um, I, I kind of want to get back to it. Like, like this was the worst episode of Book of Boba Fett for me because it just reminded me, yeah, of all the reasons why what that show had failed to do, as mentioned previously. And I just think uh, at this point we have what two episodes left uh, that are going mm-hmm. to be like a total, probably all out. Uh, you know, knockdown, drag out type of battle. That's going to be fun. Will it be redeeming? 
do I care what happens to Boba Fett still? No, but I care what happens to every other character fighting. With <laughs> so I'm kind of curious. Like, I think like if, if it's a melee style, it's going to be good. I just really, it's going to be in bright sun Tatooine. And like, again, that's like something like we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the, the Xena Hercules thing, like the production value. It's like, here we are in Southern California shooting Xena Hercules and everything like this is it's like mash like all we have is this location like it's gonna look <laughs> the same in every episode it's more about the talking and then the quippy dialogue and whatever happens with this in this local village um and it's just a little it's a little uh a little tiresome i don't know so i'd like to see if they do something unique in this battle that would be kind of uh, fun to see murray then john and then i want to move on to discuss some particulars of the episode i was just thinking of um what james was saying about the if it will be like you have someone that wants power or was it John or James that wants power and someone that has it. And so it might lead to some sort of conflict. And it's like the one of the main points of this episode was to bring back the dark saber, like mythos, right? Like what it, how you need it, like that kind of like elder wand <laughs> aspect of it. And then um, to the extent that like you see him struggle using it, in the very beginning, he struggles with the sparring and then to win the fight, you know, there's the other Mandalorian and it does that like kind of like come for red October, like zoom in on him when they're talking like, and you're like, like they do with the chef and you're like, Oh, this guy's going to be something bad in a little bit. And so, uh, <laughs> and so when they have the fight, like he starts off trying to fight with the dark saber, but then just goes back to, and he's like struggling. You're like, Oh, I, you're almost like thinking like, I thought Mando was a better fighter than this. Like you're not fully like, at least I wasn't like fully piecing together just how much of a hindrance the like world's most powerful weapon is. And then, um, then to win the fight, he just has to go back. He's got to drop it and he's got to go back to his normal, like knives and, uh, melee stuff and i thought that was really cool and then i don't know what but there's something really cool to be said in which he has the like that vescar um spear and the the point out that like no like we like we use armor like not weapons like almost like you know like which is weird because they're bounty hunters but it's like almost like we don't like i mean not originally i mean he's a bounty hunter out of oh okay but they are a warrior culture yeah. yeah, but like, but it's like a warrior culture, but that with the emphasis on armor, not weapons, which it was like weird to me because that's what like she was kind of saying. And then it's just a, another cool like depth to character that even though there's only three of them left, and he kind of learned the truth about so much that happened, he's still like so lost that he he cares like to keep his like. um religious beliefs of like he's ashamed that he took off his helmet he doesn't want to get rid of all his weapons because that's like his religion and like a part of me was thinking like like i i maybe lost sight because i was like you've been through so much like i thought you didn't care about this stuff anymore but it's like he's still kind of like so lost uh like or maybe it's because he doesn't have groku uh, grogu uh goku that he doesn't know what to do <laughs> so he's like resorting back to um 
that the old ways, but yeah. It's old ways. No, you're right. Um, something that you just made me realize that I think lends credence to what both uh, James and John are saying about how the Darksaber is going to factor in, I think, the fact that they spend an entire episode like <laughs> really reminding you what the Darksaber does, how it works, how important it is. I think that means that it has to factor into how this season wraps up. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, as great Wait, as this episode season? was, it is... <laughs> who who season Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian season three? The Book of Boba Fett. Okay. <laughs> because otherwise it's it's I mean it is a waste of an hour. It's yeah. like a great episode, but for the wrong show. It's Chekhov's Dark Saber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chekhov's Dark Saber. Exactly. John, and then I want to move on to sure. some other stuff. Uh really quickly, one I think No, when John, do it slow. <laughs> really quickly um, when when he says the word of wizard which was actually an amazing moment in the movie i i, I said movie actually because it felt like a movie but um mm-hmm. I, I think it's almost because he delivered the line like the way ash delivers groovy and evil death, yeah you know? like Maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know and uh, so anyway moving on from that um I I think you're right, Josh. I think it is going to culminate to a dark saber thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Bo-Katan comes back and somehow, even if Boba, F- even if Mando loses it to Boba Fett and maybe Boba Fett breaks bad or whatever, I think Bo-Katan will probably come back and there'll be some sort of three triangle struggle for this thing. Uh, but that said, uh, everything that you were just talking about, Murray, I totally agree with. I loved it, and um, I what I really loved about his interaction with the other Mandalorians in this episode and showing him doing another bounty hunt in the very beginning <laughs> is that I think the whole episode is also trying to show you that he is lost. Like he's right. lost that his purpose. first scene. That it's first sad. scene of this episode was almost word for word, shot for shot. The very first scene from the very first episode. Exactly. Of Mandalorian. He's he right back saying, where he started. Yeah. yeah. And it reminded right. me cool. of like, you remember in the force awakens and Han Solo's like, wow, I went back to doing what I do best and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Mando did. And then when he loses his club, and like, hey, guess what? You're no longer a Mandalorian. Get out of here. He's yeah. desperate. He's yeah. like, I have nobody, man. Like, what's the name of a ship? Yeah. yeah. What's the officer and the gentleman? Like, don't you do it. I got nowhere <laughs> else to go. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where it's like that. And then like, but he gets the new ship and he's like excited because it's like, like almost like it's something new. It's his, you know? And, and it's also and it's, like- this is good character stuff that I thought was like fucking fantastic. And he's got a focus now, which is, mm-hmm. it's like an impossible task, like John Wick status. Like you have to, f- to get back into this club, you have to find this, the underwater like caves of a oh, destroyed yeah. planet. Like, and so it's like, I feel like even if nothing comes of that, like maybe he'll learn like, oh, I don't need it or something like that. But like, it's like, it gives him a, okay, well first I need to, a ship. And then once I have a ship, I could... I could find Grogu and check on him and then I could find like it is actually giving mm-hmm. him a focus where he was just like wandering lost, you know, in a city limping and uh, just, yeah, yeah. He's like more gruff too. Right. Because like in the, when he re- does the bounty, he's like, just tell me where it is or like, I'm leaving. Just tell me. And then he's like, yeah. I'm out. Bye-bye. Yeah. 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 Uh, and to James's point too about Aragorn, I, I really do think they're setting him up to be the potential heir because he has a connection to the Jedi. He has a connection to the ultra-Orthodox Mandalorians who go by the old school creed. He has a connection to the new school Mandalorians. And all these people understand him and they all need him for whatever thing, 
that they're doing. So I feel like it's going to come down to that. And, you know, now as uh, uh, Murray was pointing out, he's got to go on a spiritual journey. He's got to go mm-hmm. to the, to the lake of whatever underneath Mandalore and underneath Mandalore to like purify himself. And it's like, I'm sure that journey to the lake is probably going to be the basis season for season three, three of yeah. the Mandalorian, you know? I'm going to say something controversial that I think uh, uh, to you, John, is especially going to be anathema. I think that the story we are getting from the book of Boba Fett with the Boba Fett character in particular is more of a macro, higher view, less personal story than the Mandalorian story is. I think the Mandalorian story is more character centric. I think the Boba Fett story is larger and less about the particular motivations of the character. I think that it's okay for his motivations to be painted in broader strokes. Sure. Well, um, I, I want to just shoot this in really quickly because it's not a yeah. it's not a big point, but um, it just occurred to me. Do you think they might pull a Darth Vader with Boba Fett? Where like they're setting up like him taking control of all of these things in a macro sense to set up a major conflict that could take place in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, and then he could be like a big bad in like other seasons of Mandalorian or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. I have a hard time with the idea that he returns to being a bad guy because it seems weird to bother making <laughs> him break good or whatever, and then no, make I him agree. Go bad again, Murray. Yeah, I was wondering if. Um, like they are setting up some like this is just like to set up something where Boba Fett will carry on within the the Mando universe. Like this is almost like a bridge gap thing. But what you were saying against uh about like the the macro versus like the the zoomed in, it's like it kind of has that feeling of how personal the original trilogy was and so focused on Luke and his struggles and family and stuff and then it's just like they the prequels come out it's like now join us as we like talk about a a dispute that goes wrong but about a trade embargo that's happening overall everywhere like wait what we were so close to the nitty-gritty and now we're talking about like the trade like but it's like yeah negotiations between two mediating forces or something for the trade embargo and you're like wait what so like Star Wars kind of has that history of being like zoomed in and then it will zoom out to say like all right this is what else is going on in a much bigger um aspect but yeah. the only problem with that with Boba Fett is like you you have Mando like zoomed in in which you're seeing like so many planets and galaxies and it's like now let's show you the macro zoomed out world and they just show you Tatooine on like sure. TV. No, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different mode of storytelling that also may be sort of intentional, right? These are two completely different kinds of shows. Mm. You almost have to do that when you have two characters whose whose armor is basically identical. <laughs> like you have to go out of your way to distinguish them. And along that line, John you were talking way before about you're always trying to figure out what is the intention? What are the creators trying to do? Here's what I think happened. I think they wanted to do a Star Wars TV show and they wanted to do a bunch of cool stuff. They didn't want to start doing a show right out of the gate about Boba Fett because of all of the expectations and the baggage that that character has. They were like, okay, let's create a new character, do all the stuff that we liked about the Boba Fett character 
and kind of make it its own thing. And then it exploded. Like, and then it exploded. And mm-hmm. like you said, Russ, they got greedy. You say greedy. <laughs> I would. It's Disney. I, I don't know. No, <laughs> no, but it's not. It's not Disney, though. It's it's, it's Disney it's, Plus. There's, What's there's, not Disney about there's it? There's sort of. <laughs> There's sort of an inertia, like there was always going to be a show or movie about Boba Fett. Like, if you are making more Star Wars, so knowing that Boba Fett is a foregone conclusion, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you have to do something to distinguish him. So they can't, as we said many times, they can't just make him the same character that they already created so successfully. Mm-hmm. So, so the Boba Fett character has to be a different character the show has to be a different kind of show than the one we just got and i think the real problem there is that that show we got was what everyone thought a boba fett show would be (laughs) right so if you have any sympathy for the creators which i think we all do to some degree because i think we all are creators in our own right if you walk through the process when presented with these circumstances i don't think it's a mystery i think it's it's pretty understandable how we ended up where we ended up i mean that's not to say that there are other versions of this show that may have been more successful or worked a little bit better than the one that we actually got but i guess for me I just don't really have a problem with it i prefer mando as a character and as a show what's intriguing to me is seeing this show that is grappling with all of the legacy stuff with all of the continuity stuff seeing that from that higher view level uh, to me on its own is intriguing and kind of interesting and i want to see it and the only other thing i'll say is that and this is a disney thing the idea that the mode of storytelling du jour now or these interconnected cinematic universes <laughs> i think it says a lot that to understand The Mandalorian, you will have to watch a whole other show to get the full <laughs> experience. Like, I think mm-hmm. uh, to a degree, this is by design. It's a business model. What sort of used to be something fun, like a treat, a reward for the longtime fans who are really paying attention, that has become the default way of storytelling. Yeah. Like the the Easter egg narrative. Yeah, yep, 100%. I have no idea who raised their hand when, but I'm going to say Murray John Russ. Does that sound right? Yep. Sounds good to me because I'm first. Murray um, (laughs) Murray John Russ. (laughs) What I I was going to say is um, it's like it is kind of a lose-lose, I know, from my point of view, because if Book of Boba Fett came out and it was exactly like Mandalorian season three, I'd be like, well, fucking why didn't you just make Mandalorian season three? So like, I, I understand why it had to be different. And I think there is something in the middle between Josh and Russ's point of view where it is. Yeah. They had to tell something different and they already made the, the, the Boba Fett show. They just called it Mandalorian. But whereas I won't say it's greedy, what I think is Star Wars has a tendency to maybe bite off more than they could chew sometimes or think that they're like they could work more magic than they can. And like the very small example is like in Rogue One, right? The first time you see Tarkin, you're like, oh, shit, that's like really impressive. And then like, see how good that was? Let's turn on the lights a little bit. Let's have them in more and more scenes like we got this. (laughs) And you're just like, no, like you you thought that like you got too arrogant like you did. And then the movie ends with like the worst CGI human like that you've oh, seen. Oh, fuck with, you guys. Like, All that no, stuff no, worked no, for me. That really worked <laughs> on me. Like, no, no, no. Like, like they yeah, played well, me like, like speak a the truth. cheap. 
Yeah, but, I, but you get what I'm saying though. Like is like I when it first starts yeah. off, they know they know how to play it. And then they're just like, wait, we're fucking we're like really good at this, guys. Like, and then they keep pushing forward, and then it's just like eventually. Leave it at a like, reflection oh, of the window. Yeah. Oops. No, because yeah, like, I, here's what I will say about that. The the movie wouldn't have worked without the presence of the Tarkin character. Like the movie made me appreciate the Tarkin character more. Yeah. And what I'm saying is like what, the first time you you see the Tarkin character, it looks like it. He looks great, but what I'm saying is not to remove the character, but to they thought that they could do more with the character in terms of animating it and making it look as good, whereas they yes. should have kept all his scenes in that same vein to make it look really good. But they, I think they kind of had almost like a like a James Cameron like mindset of like, oh, I can make the he'll look so human, and then you're just like, it, no, it's this is like Uncanny Valley, like creepy. <laughs> I agree. But like, I, I agree that the technology wasn't as good as the the genuine article, obviously, but yeah. uh, to me, it was really in service of the story. And I think had they kept like shooting him in shadow or in mm-hmm. uh, uh, reflections, I feel like it would have been super conspicuous. So, True. so for me, so for me, it's just like. Y- you either go with it or you don't. And, and I think like, that's that's kind of what I'm saying is between like your point of view and Russ's on the book of Boba Fett is like they it, there's something in be- like between like no whereas you're saying with like Tarkin like no they had to do it and they had to go all the way with it because otherwise it doesn't work just like with book of Boba Fett but then like with with Russ's point of view it's almost like Mandalorian was so surprisingly well they're like oh we could keep we could do a Boba Fett show like it's we got this we could totally do it and then it's just like all right, like I, uh, like I appreciate the the go to attitude of it, but it is not working as well as it did in your mind that it would. And then Fair. we're like, that's that's. So I think the truth is in in between in between you guys somewhere. No, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, John, then Russ. Um, I actually forgot what my original point was, but this is great because um, fantastic. I think, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I think this. I think this. I brings, fucked up. What I should I blame do, my, I have a, no, I I have a notepad. So do I. <laughs> I have a notepad. I should, I should write it down. But um, yeah. What I will say though is that um, this kind of goes back to my original point of like, well, what are the intentions? And I think Rogue One is a fantastic example of uh, the struggle between intention and execution. And um, because I agree with uh, Josh, where bringing back Tarkin as a character was a really cool move. But as Murray points out, it takes you out of the movie like, oh, that looks like CG. And like, it makes you wonder, well, maybe they should have just recasted him with Charles Dance. And then you would have had- See, but but but, that for me wouldn't have worked. Either way, but the point is like, but let's, it's just like, it's just a question about execution. I see the intention because it works really well with the story, but then you got to worry about execution. And with me, I'm actually okay with Tarkin because you have the whole movie to get used to it. And so I'm like, so by the end of the movie, I'm like, I believe it. He's Tarkin. I no longer see CG. But then at the end of the movie, yet again, I understand intention. They cut to Princess Leia's face and she's like, hope. And then it just smash cuts the credits. And as a viewer, I went, huh? And then I went, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> like, it's just like, like, it's just like the intention was clear, but the execution was enough for me to be like, wait, what? And then like the movie just ends. And so it's just like, but that's the nature I feel like of Star Wars. It's like, it's always pushing the boundary. They pushed so many boundaries with the prequels. But then when you go, I tried watching Attack of the Clones the other day. I couldn't, I couldn't get through a lot of it because I was like, oh my God, this is just so, besides all the things we could go on and on and on about. 
it also just looks completely out of date. Like it looks like a like a PlayStation Two game as well, compared it's not to the 1080p old... HD video. It's like so I'm saying. It's like, so I'm saying. It's but like, like, what are you doing? But there's oh, still something about like there's still something about analog special effects that can go the long distance, you know, because it's tangible. And so I I my, think that's but, a I think that's a taste thing. It is a taste I, thing, but, but it right, is a taste but, thing. But what I'm trying to yeah. say is like it's just like a. The intentions are seen. We know why he used CG. We know why he made CG clone troopers instead of putting dudes in clone trooper, stormtrooper outfits like he did in the original movies. I get it. I understand. Uh, I don't get that. <laughs> no, I, 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 I get it because I think he's trying to see, like, can we do people? And it's like an experiment. Sure. And if it weren't for the prequels, we wouldn't have had a long series of mediocre to bad movies of CG that eventually gets to pretty decent CG that eventually gets to Iron Man, you know? And I feel like that's all because of the prequels, but that's also a sacrificial play and not to go too much on a rant, but I feel like that's kind of a conundrum that any star Wars media has, whether it's Boba Fett or Mandalorian or whatever. It's like they have to make that decision between um, doing something that's believable to the eye and is serviceable on that level execution wise, but also, trying to push the technology to someplace new, which the volume is actually kind of amazing when you think about it. No, it is amazing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you get the volume, sometimes you get uh, CG that ages very poorly. The only thing that I would say, John, before I throw it to Russ, is that I think believability to the eye is overvalued to a fault. I don't really care about believability to the eye, I guess. Mm. My thing is, I think this is actually in agreement with what you were saying about Tarkin and Leia in Rogue One is that you just have to be internally consistent, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the big problem with the prequels is that aesthetically, they are such a departure from the original trilogy. And I'm not just talking in terms of design. I'm talking about like shot not on shot on film. Mm -hmm. The lighting is completely different. And it's not an evolution. It's, it's, it's a very harsh mm -hmm. juxtaposition, which is fine if you are not pretending that they're supposed to be one cohesive whole. The thing that I always go back to is the stop motion effect in, say, The Empire Strikes Back, those aren't believable to the <laughs> eye. Right. I think so. It's... <laughs> John, why's your nose bleeding, John? John's got a nosebleed right now. Not, not, not me, not me. I, I, no, I, I, but, Russ, maybe, but I'm, I'm actually... I'm, I'm, with, no. I'm with Josh on that. Like, it looks like... Yeah. A, like, the stop-motion tauntaun looks like a clay tauntaun. Yeah. But there's still something about, like, the, the tangibility of stuff that's I, actually there. I agree with you. I agree with you. The only thing that I'm saying, Best though, taste. is that the only thing that I'm saying is that, that it's taste, not though. so. <laughs> yeah, we have it. No joke. Is that it's <laughs> not it's not it's not so cut and dry is all that right, I'm saying. Right. Russ, I don't remember what my original point was, but in the meantime, <laughs> uh, I'll throw out a few ideas. Um, dark I'm really fucking up at this hosting thing, aren't I? No, it's no. going great. I love no. it. I'm making so, everyone forget what they were going to say. Uh, oh, no, man. no, it, no. It's the engaging conversations that are coming from the panelists here that are just driving my mind in, in tangential uh, directions, like a whirlwind in here. You don't, you want to imagine. Um, so the dark saber gets heavier if you work against it. Sounds like uh, some Mandalorians are force users. You know, uh, and so I, I did look that's it interesting. up. I looked it up while we were talking and in the legacy that's been abandoned, which, you know, has broken my heart significantly. <laughs> um, uh, apparently they say like there's been some Mandalorians that have gone off to be Jedi. Like there's one example and there's some Jedi that became like the Mandalorian Knights. But if any, if we've learned anything about Star Wars, like uh, the Jedi should end or like it doesn't matter. Like maybe we need some like 
a middle ground force user. So I'd like to see a Mandalorian force user. Just throwing it out there. It sounds like it sounds like that that blade gets a lot lighter when you let it move itself or allow the force to guide yourself. So there's there's things there where I'd love to see like that would make the Mandalorian uh, 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 Jindar. Uh, I can't. Even, I don't know his name. Um, you don't even know the name of your din, favorite character. Din, 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 din. Yes, Din Jar. Goku. Go. <laughs> These names are hard to say. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, and basically, it would make him the greatest character of all Star Wars of all time, <laughs> which which is totally fine. He's like a Mandalorian and a Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's got a saber. Yeah. He's got the coolest armor. He, like everyone loves him. He's got he's got a little Yoda uh, son. Like it's gonna be everything. He's got a little Yoda backpack. Like it's gonna be the greatest. And like wait until you see Yoda pop up in that little dome where the astromech would be. Oh on the, yeah. On the, yeah, on the I knew. I know. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That brings me up to a point. Yeah. So, like the the tail end of this episode is let's soup up a Naboo starfighter. I love that so much. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. the most entertaining thing I've I've watched yeah. in like anything where it's like Amy Sedaris is is back. She's I think she's more engaging, and I'm like I'm really liking her character this time around. Like it took me a while to kind of get used to her tone. Yeah. And I like some, a yeah, some, tone that's a little yeah. 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 But this time. I guess because I've seen the rest of uh, the other episodes of Book of Boba Fett, I'm like, no, this tone works now. Like I've seen how <laughs> I've seen how far it could go to not working, and now I'm like, no, no, now I need this. I need it's this in this really therapy. serious show. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, exposure I, therapy. They just I've been inoculated. Yeah, you're like yeah, I get it. All right. Yeah. And and just like building this and like the technical talk I love where it's like they're talking about things that clearly don't make sense. doesn't matter. It's almost like borderline fantasy hard sci-fi. And it's like you're about to build the fastest ship for whatever reason. And it's just they're having fun. And like you almost forget that this guy's got a load of problems, uh, a lot of weight on his shoulders. And it's just some really engaging Star Wars fantasy, like shipbuilding play that I've wanted for a long time. And it's like, you know, he feels the need for speed. They all do. Like, like I want, <laughs> yeah. like, it's got, got some Top Gun going on in here. It's all yeah, those oh, things. It's, great. It, it's like that Rocketeer when, when he flies next to the plane and, and right, there's a, there's a kid seat. Like it's, it's that moment, mm-hmm. which is a great throwback because, um, uh, he, that was the the director um johnson um was one of the original designers of the boba fett armor yes yeah um, who directed oh, yeah, the rocketeer yes, yeah um, yeah so, uh, joe johnston yeah joe johnson yes yeah. so, uh, jo- johnston uh so i was like oh that's that might be a throwback i don't know if it actually is but it's like there's a lot there and that was just fun that's i just have to say like i had a lot of fun watching it like i was glued to the screen during that sequence mm. and the yeah, first time that's happened in quite a while hasn't been fun for a while i feel like right yeah yeah, yeah. fun is just that, fun's the big word. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Seeing that like hot rotted rehabbed Naboo starfighter on screen next to two X wings, I was like, "This mm-hmm. is fucking awesome." That's good. Uh, yeah. That's real good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Two two little notes of trivia: the little droid that helps him out is the uh, is a droid from a video game, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Fallen Order is the same droid that the character has, and also the X wing pilot, uh, the younger guy. He was the body double for Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian. I knew I recognized that face. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Moving on. Go ahead. Uh, James. (laughs) Yeah, I I was just kind of, I mean, I had something I was going to say before, but I'll get to it. But just to go off of Russ's point, I I think, yeah, having a Mandalorian force wielder would really go a long way, considering that the Forger said that he should give up the the spear because the Darksaber is a more fitting weapon for him. 
or mm-hmm. more, I forget what she said, but yeah. like a more noble a more weapon. Noble weapon. Noble weapon. Yeah. weapon for it. So we're kind of going in that direction. And I would love to see a show with both of those X-Wing pilots doing cops in space. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Cause I love Paul Lee. He was the other X-Wing pilot and uh, yep. he, he's, he, he's fantastic. Um, and I think my original point when I raised my hand was just to say like the happy medium of a show that we're not going to get now, because in hindsight you can see these things, but the first season of the Mandalorian, he should have been like, we don't know who this guy is. And the reveal would have been when he said his name is Boba Fett. And then we go on the mission of why did he change his armor? Mm. Why, where has he been? Like he should, we should have just gone on the assumption that like, Oh, I'm, I'm Boba Fett. He finally said his name. And then we have, that's where we pick Boba Fett up with is my, Mm. Yeah, that yeah. Hire this guy. Hire this. Yeah, guy. you guys are really good at writing Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that was. Uh, I wonder if table. that was one of the original intentions of the show, but they changed their mind before Maybe. right before they did it. Because yeah. when they say his name like Din Djarin, it's like that feels like it should be a moment, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the show. Well, that. I mean, first off, I mean that's a really cool idea. The other thing too is that again, I think there was this idea they were the saving Boba yeah. Fett. Yeah. Like they were saving Boba Fett. Um, uh, which, and now they're playing with him. They took him out of yeah. the toy box to play with yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I mean, in retrospect, I mean, that would have been really pretty cool. Though I suppose the only problem would be if you're being consistent, then you would recognize the voice. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, because I mean, he could or have like a he voice, w- he, he could have like a voice changer, like the helmet uh, Leia had in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. where, where the voice is completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could also, if you want to go like really like, again, we're fanficking now of something that's not going to happen. But like the other thing would be that is that <laughs> so like, <are> they. <laughs> Boba Fett was like, Boba Fett like decided. Except it is going to happen though, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could have gone with that, I, the idea I just proposed, but you could have been a Dread Pirate Roberts thing where the original Boba Fett died and yeah. this guy is Boba Fett for all we know now. Oh, and like, the mantle gets passed up? down. The that's mantle a cooler gets idea again. Get him in the writer's room. I, I want to see some updates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anybody want the peanut? <laughs> <laughs> no more rhyming in a minute. They're, they hit on a line, and it's a great line uh, in this episode that it, I don't think it's a meta line. I don't think it's anything, but it also inadvertently points a finger at like some of what Star Wars tries to do and what we've been saying about how they, they're always trying to like keep pumping out volume and kind of pushing the limits, but like... Uh, I forgot what the the master uh, armorer's name is, but she says something like, um, "Persistence for this without insight yields uh, the same results," mm. or something like that. And I feel yeah. like you know, if they're they just are like, "No, we have to make a new show. We have to make new content. We just have to do that." And then you are going to run into some issues where you're like, "All right, well, we need the Boba Fett show because that's what everyone wants, but we already made the Boba Fett show, but it's the Mandalorian, like you know." And so it just like has a little bit of that. Like, I don't think it's any sort of Easter egg. I just think it's like they accidentally touched on, like put yeah. put a finger on their own problem in like a great uh, line that I just like absolutely love. Well, well, maybe that's why these two shows are so closely interlinked because it is basically the same. I mean, they're inseparable. Uh, yeah. The Mandalorian came from Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And then when they bring in Boba Fett, you like have to somehow have a connection with, mandalorian it's like eating its Um, own tail or something yeah Yeah. no it is weird uh john since you just brought that up i know they're going to be making an obi-wan show and they're going to be making an ashoka show it's made baby yeah so (laughs) so, um i'm counting down the days to that one 
Yeah, exactly. So, but I wouldn't necessarily say that those two characters would be completely linked, even though they are two lone Jedi post purge, you know? So, except for what's her name is connected to Mando and she's connected to Mando. Yeah. Uh, So, but isn't she also uh, basically connected to Obi-Wan because she was, yeah. She well, was Anakin's she, from Clone Wars, yeah. Yeah, Clone but, Wars. but but even still, like I never watched any of the the cartoons, but I know enough to know that her her character journey post Revenge of the Sith, whatever, probably won't have much to do with Obi Wan Kenobi. Like I I would be surprised if she shows up. Well, I wouldn't be too shocked, but it seems like they might not ever cross paths ever again because they seem like two distinct characters, and I feel I like Mando and Boba are becoming two distinct characters. But I think the difference is that Mando is distinct and Boba is just different. And I, I feel don't think like, they'll be able to. And, and I feel like they, they need I to know. make Boba it's more six... distinct than they. Yeah. And also the, this is, this is what I, I remember my post, my, my point from like 40 minutes ago, <laughs> but me and uh, Marie were texting after the show ended. And I was like, it's kind of like if you're because uh, Murray, you brought up in the last episode or so, whatever. But like mm-hmm. when other horror movies remind you of better horror movies. Yes, thank. And you. I was like, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of like at, at this point in the show, if they're if you're watching like Scream, which is a fantastic movie. I by the way, I love the Book of Boba Fett. I'm I'm really enjoying it. But if they're like, meanwhile at the Overlook Hotel, and they just show you the shiny, and <laughs> yeah, you, like they show you the like, better property. Yeah, and, yeah, and you're kind of like, I think I want to stick with the shiny, and like <laughs> you know, like, and it's just like, and I feel like with Boba Fett, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep watching it. I love uh, all the actors and everything about it, but they just showed us something that was amazing that had nothing to do with it, and it's like, oh yeah, there's still like another show after this. Like I can't wait till that comes out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. James. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say just to, to, to just something John said to, that the Ahsoka show I guess will be linked some possibly to Boba Fett and Mando aside from her link, but they cast someone as Sabine in the Ahsoka show, and Sabine was a mm. character from Rebels, and that character actually had the dark saber the last time we saw it before we saw it in Darth uh, Moff Gideon's hands. Interesting. She's the person who lost it to Moff yeah. Gideon. So I don't. I think in this like Easter eggs everything has to be connected because of Marvel. I just do not think that they will have enough restraint to not have like all sorts of cameos all over the place and people crossing mm-hmm. into other people's shows. And, and I don't, I actually don't want that. I want them to be individual shows. Cause there's nothing too bad worse than being like, Oh, I want to watch yeah. the new Spider-Man. Let me first watch these 26 other movies and three <laughs> TV shows. So I can understand the last Spider-Man movie. Thank like, you, Stan Lee. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. <laughs> I will accept it. <laughs> well, Josh, I was we, quoting Lando and Solo. I don't know if anyone caught <laughs> yep, that. But yep. <laughs> um, sorry, James, go ahead. Well, no, I was saying we 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 talked like offline. Like I was saying, like I, I'm gambling even money if in season two of Boba Fett we get Harrison Ford showing up as Han Solo somewhere. I would not be shocked if Harrison <laughs> you Ford. Think? That's the I think, rumor. You think I think he would do that? That's I think Han Solo. I think it's I was, 50-50 if... Or the I, new I, I Solo kid, point. maybe that's, not Han Solo. Maybe that's what I was Solo thinking. Kid. I was thinking the young Han Solo might show up in Obi-Wan. <laughs> well, he's already like, suiting up to play Indy again, so all we have to do hey. is just cart him over to the other soundstage. And... I guess so. <laughs> now, I, it makes me wonder if the Darksaber, because he mentioned the, the Sabine, is that her name? Sabine. Uh, 
So you have her, Bo-Katan, Boba, Mando, um, Ahsoka, whatever. But like, it makes me wonder if the dark saber is kind of going to become something of like the one ring where it's like, that's where I was. Everyone's like focusing their story. Like, like all these stories are going to culminate to like a, an Avengers infinity war thing with these shows about the dark saber or something. It's possible. And it would, it would make sense because you have, um, almost like the, the ring like corrupts, right. That's like what Mm -hmm. it does. And you have like the hobbits that are from my understanding. I only know the movies. I don't know any of the books or anything like that, but they're, they're kind of almost like so innocent that they could, or a pure of heart that they are easier to like, um, withstand it type thing mm-hmm. that from my understanding and like whereas mando's not you know of pure heart or anything like that but he is a character who instantly upon getting it when he finds out that it's of importance he's like oh here you could have it i don't want it it's like yeah. oh that's all the power he's like no then take it it's like no we have to win in combat he's like i yield like fuck i don't care like take it. <laughs> and so and so like it is like that's a fucking klingon bullshit man i'm uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> take your fucking sword. I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. And, that's yeah. Like, and so like I think that it is like it could culminate into which like the only person that who who basically can't use it because he doesn't fully know how to because he won't like let go or whatever is the only the one that's capable of like wielding it without it yeah. like being mm-hmm. uh, power hungry or or something. And he. I can't see unless it's really some sort of shock value. Uh, we give up on this TV show. So we're going to like, like tank it like of Mando being like corrupted by power, you know, like someone who doesn't want power, I don't think will be corrupted by it. Like you guys were saying, well, like I about think- Boba, like wants, wants yeah. yeah, but it's interesting I- though, because his reasoning, because Boba Fett's reasoning for wanting to take over having that power, I think is reasonable <laughs> sounding. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. I think it's coming from a good place. But that said, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe he will. Uh, the power will corrupt him. I don't know. But yeah, I actually think that it's open enough that it. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not putting money down. But I feel like there is there's still something there though because noble intentions, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of like Darth Vader and kind of like Michael Corleone. And I just feel like Boba Fett's like everyone's a yeah. bunch of idiots. I know how to do it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but and he then. But exactly. And it's and he's thinking about it very pragmatically. He's not thinking about like giving people a better time. He still expects people to pay him tribute. That's yeah, not a exactly. noble yep. thing. You yeah. know? So there's still something there that like they haven't explored yet because they're choosing not to show us that aspect of him yet. Which is they which is what I was talking about intention. Like, well, why why what 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 are they showing us? Why are why are they choosing to show this instead of that? And it's like I think it's because they're putting something there's something up their sleeve that they're waiting to reveal about him. Yeah, well, again, I do think, John, you mentioned this last week. I think we're in for an interesting reveal of some kind in episode seven, the last episode mm-hmm. of this season that may give us new context for everything that we've seen thus far. Uh, Russ, and then I want to move to closing thoughts. Sure. I feel like uh, all that said, I think the show that they need to make was the book of Big Bib Fortuna. And so basically, <laughs> like, it opens like... Uh, and and we have Bit Fortuna, and it's really like the battle for Jabba's throne is the show. Like that's that Game to of me, Thrones, you might say that that to me is like the real like like who will be the heir to you know the slug's throne. Like that's that to me would be an interesting show that I would watch. Um, and because of Boba Fett's bloodline, he could ride a sarlacc. 
Exactly. Just so, <laughs> uh, Sarlacco sore, but, but, but sorry, yes. But, sorry, it took me a second, but I got. It. <laughs> but, but, but I think one of the one of the key factors that I'm realizing is uh, the reason why Boba Fett worked in the past is because you don't see him much, uh, even in the comics. Like the best Boba Fett comics are when he happens upon. Like he shows up later, like a story's already going and he shows up on page four because he's got a bounty in that area or something, or or he's going to be injected in the story. It's kind of like a Judge Dredd philosophy where uh, like the stories, Judge Dredd is an interesting character. It's the events he gets thrown into to either equalize or correct or fix. Uh, he, he's really just a conduit. He's more of like, you know, like, like the Rod Serling of telling a story, like mm-hmm. Boba Fett is something they can kind of bounce things he's off a facilitator of, of yeah. this story. And you could tell any story. And the mistake they made was thinking that they would be able to invent a new character on the, on the, the structure or foundation of the little that we know about Boba Fett, um, versus have him show up in little bits and pieces. That's, he should not have had his own show and is what I'm getting from what they've been able to do. And even this, the star Wars tales and books, very small pieces. That's all I want to throw out there that like he works best in small chunks showing up doing his job and that's interesting and that's what they could have shown i am in total agreement with you that's Mm. something that i said in the very first episode the reason that boba fett worked was because he he worked in small doses and teensy tiny and this is a mistake that arguably goes all the way back to george lucas who seeing the popularity of this character decided to make the fets a larger part of the films in the prequels. Boba Fett is the one ring. He's he's you try to wield the power of Boba Fett and, <laughs> and it, it will it will consume any storyteller that tries to tries to handle him. My closing thought is seeing the juxtaposition of how successful an original character like Mando was compared to I would say less successful or less satisfying uh, portrayal of an established character. The silver lining for me is that it actually gets me excited about a bunch of these new shows that they've announced that I really had no investment in. I think there's one that's going to be set in the High Republic era about a Jedi that I know nothing about. I'm interested in the idea that they can make something compelling when they're not wedded to the canon or the expectations that actually makes me more excited for the other things that they have in the works. Whereas before I was only really excited for Kenobi and now I'm kind of excited for even the Cassian Andor show. Like the idea that that's a character that I didn't necessarily need to see more of, but the idea that they can really do something with him because he's a new character that, I mean, we've only seen the very end of his life. So, I mean, he can really, he can be anything. I think the Cassian Andor show might be kind of like what you were talking about with the macro. I feel like that is an opportunity for them to show the establishment of the rebellion that they never quite were able to do because Rogue One, the rebellion was in full swing and it led right into A New Hope. So I, I and plus... Oh, well, then we're going to see like Mon Mothma. We're going to see maybe some yep. Jimmy Smiths then. Yep. I'm excited yep. about that. Then. Yeah. You're going to see I mean, spies. You're going to see some like maybe some Tinker Taylor sort of stuff, but Star Wars. <laughs> so like oh, cool. if we get if the Mandalorian is the Star Wars straight up Western, I'm really hoping the Cassian Endor is the spy spy versus spy <laughs> of Star Wars. That would be cool. For a closing thought, it made me obviously excited for Mando. It it did give me some relief that the stuff that I'm not liking in Boba Fett wasn't like them just being lazy. Like it's, it's annoying that it's specific choices that they're making with these like 
you know, again, like I was saying, the flat TV like show kind of vibe to it, but that it is a choice is a little bit more comforting, but it is manning to be like, oh no, we could do so much better as you'll see, but we're not going to. Um, so that's, that's annoying. But I, I think that, um, it just overall made me excited that it's, that that's that vibe and like it's still um, there it's, it's still, still there, there. yeah it's that's still what coming. i'm it's still coming. yeah yeah so that's what's really exciting to me and um yeah i guess that's it before i go ranting about uh potential other shows i don't know about so <laughs> <laughs> anyone else any closing thoughts yeah um i would like to see a disintegration in uh, the next two episodes <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what well, that it, it, if boba fett disintegrates someone coming. I, I really think the question was asked before, what could be done to make me like the show or to make me change my mind? Mm-hmm. If Boba Fett turns um, and if this whole, if this goodness was a ruse, I'm on board. If he's played everyone, including myself, including the audience uh, and he turns and is just like, no, I am at the core, a despicable evil person. I will take back my, my, my <laughs> I'll retract <laughs> my previous thoughts. Yeah. Disintegrate someone. I mean, first of all, that's sort of the ultimate Chekhov's gun that was placed <laughs> way back in 1980. And I think if you're going to do a Boba Fett show, you got to show him disintegrate someone. Yeah. So <laughs> so, so now that you bring it up, I'd be yeah. shocked if we don't see if that in episode yeah. seven. Yeah, But we yeah. have so seen Mando disintegrate like half a dozen people in his show. So maybe <laughs> they won't do it because we've seen people oh, disintegrate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have we? Yeah, his long rifle when he's shooting the Jawas and he's shooting the translations, oh, yeah. they just turn to dust when they get hit. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's a disintegration, oh, so right? Like, we've already seen it. <laughs> yeah, from yeah, the but fake still, Boba still though, still though, still though, because we're not expecting <laughs> Boba fake. Because yeah. I don't think we're expecting, to your point, this Boba Fett to do something to do like that. that. Yeah. I oh, think, I think he would to a bad guy. I think the, he, the only glimmer we got was that biker gang destruction. And, yeah. and that yeah. was yeah. fucking sick. That was awesome. Yeah. That was cool. So if that yeah, was there's, like there's a lot of potential here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of potential in this show, but it's like if it's a long game, if it's a long game, props to them. Yeah. But if it's not, total disappointment from Russ. I, 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 <laughs> I feel like this is a long game show because as we've seen with this show, with this episode, they specifically made a choice to bring back Bryce Dallas Howard to give a Mandalorian feel to a Mandalorian episode. And so it's it, like they're making choices yeah. here. So it's like so there there is a reason why. Boba Fett is going by so slowly what because they're choosing to pull it out. It really not like a, a, a tangent, but bringing that up is like Mandalorian, like in this, this episode, it was like, he was able to have slow moments, almost like a, like the jaws, like dinner table scene, right? Like he can mm. have just a quiet moment with a kid in front of him while he's looking at this and it hits different than the quiet, slow mo movements, uh, moments that happen in, the the Boba Fett show, like even the le- the previous episode, which was ev- all of our favorites until until this one, like even when they had like a moment um, that was slow, maybe between the two of them, like why are you um, like trying to? Why aren't we attacking them now? And they're having that kind of conversation before they get um, get his uh, ship back. You're like it doesn't hit the same. You're almost like why is this? This is like why are they slowing down? Like what is going on? It doesn't seem 
to hit the same as like when Mando's just like reflecting on a like a, a commercial flight with a kid kicking his seat type thing. It's like <laughs> it just like it hits different. It doesn't seem like it's slowing the show down. It like somehow still keeps you cap even more captivated than a slow scene in Boba Fett where you're just like, all right, what is going on here? What is the point of the scene? But that could yeah. just be projection on myself. No, well, I mean, Which, I think it's also because we have we have uh, two seasons of development and living with this character. So a small moment with him will be more significant versus that scene you were referencing in the last episode, I think, had a lot of practical, pragmatic, heavy lifting to do to make the show work. Mm-hmm. Like it was explaining why these characters are together and why the whole show is happening, essentially. So it is a quiet moment, but the scene is not like... Like a grace note, like the scene is really doing some heavy lifting. I think that that's the difference between the two. But I do take your point. It'd be nice to have a little more something to hold on to with the Boba Fett show proper. I think we just inadvertently uh, had me realize that maybe the whole point of showing his character the way that they've shown it, Boba Fett, is that they're just trying to show that he is the most highly pragmatic kind of like character that they're developing right now. So everything that he's doing, it's like scheming. So it's just like, yeah. all right, I'm going to get the tribes together so I could get the spice trade, so I can get some power, so I can get whatever. And everything he's doing is just very much like, this is going to get me this, this is going to get me that, this is going to get me that. And it's all about accumulating his power. I hope um, he wants to kill Han Solo with that. This is like going after him. <laughs> I'm not even sure if he cares about Han Solo. That's the thing. He's. I think he's he a would pragmatic. Just a job. Yeah. Yeah. He's right, just right. a job. He's got it. And so, got like, it. so I feel no, like I Mando. I think what they're trying to show is a pragmatic person becoming human. And mm. I feel like with Boba Fett, he was just like a ghost before anything. And and I think they're just trying to show. I don't know what they're trying to show yet. That goes back to the intentions. But I think the the pragmatic nature of him is kind of like the focus of what they're trying to give us with this character. So I feel like that's why that scene hits differently, Josh, is because it's that that scene is like about why he wants to run a business and get his yeah. favorite and get his favorite car. And it's not <laughs> yeah, about yeah, like yeah. it's not about his troubles of like being a new father. You know, yeah, or no, something not, like that. Yeah. It's like it's him being like, right? yeah, it's like, yeah. no, well, that ship has the best firepower, so I need it. And then if I yeah. get it, I'll maximize my profits to run this planet yeah, efficiently. And it's like it's all pragmatic. Yeah, because if I saw Boba Fett and Fennec building a ship, I would just be like, "Fuck, what is this episode?" But with Mando, <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit, okay, I like it." Like, yeah, I'm a little torn when um when humans speak the language of other aliens in the language of the other aliens like that threw me off in solo too where han talks in like, uh, yeah and then how um amy sedaris like speaks jawa like i always liked yeah i always she didn't just it's, speak it's jawa. funny but yeah they're really furry <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, we get it. He's I like, like how Murray makes the subtext the text. <laughs> <laughs> that is that. That is what I. John told me an example of that the uh, the other day too. When I did that, uh, when I just when everyone's oh, yeah. trying to skirt around, and yeah, I'll you just, just spit it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do that. That's my my claim to fame, everybody. On that note, I think uh, I think we really <laughs> explored a lot of stuff here. I I think this was a really good discussion of this episode. I'm really curious to see. I'm in it till the end. I want to see where yeah. I want to see where all this is going. I want to see yeah. why we just had an episode of The Mandalorian in the middle of a show about Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, this this talk has made me think about things in a much different light. And it's almost like, oh well, maybe this was a really smart move, and I'm now more excited. 
<laughs> like after this. Yeah, it's totally possible that they're target just so audience. much smarter than I am, and I'm just gonna target be like audience. watching. Yeah, stay on target. Yep. <laughs> yeah, stay oh, on Baker's target. Cannon, yeah. You're too close. All right, guys. I will return next week for episode six or maybe episode 18 of Mandalorian. I don't know what show we're in anymore. But on that note, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the discussion and we will be back next week. Have a good one.